0: first reading is from Isaiah 55 verses 1 to 13 and is on page 742 um, or on page 1182 of the large print Bibles. Isaiah 55 verses uh, 1 to 13. Invitation to the thirsty. Come, all you who are thirsty... Come to the waters, and you, who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples and a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not And nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. For he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it, without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: And the second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 14, beginning at verse 15, and can be found on page 1048 of the Pew Bibles, or page 1673 of the large print Bibles. The parable of the great banquet. When one of those at the table with him heard this, He said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything now is ready but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come." The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, "'Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame.' "'Sir,' the servant said, what you ordered has been done, and there is still room. Then the, servant told, then the master told his servant, Go out into the roads and country lanes and make them come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the gospel of the Lord.
2: Thanks, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Caroline. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the extraordinary generosity of the gospel message. And we pray you will open our hearts, our minds, and our wills to you and your spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. It's lovely to see Frank today. Um, He and I are exact age mates, are we not? And uh, we did our theology together years ago in Bristol, and our daughters grew up together. So uh, Frank and I have a long history together, and... um, I note the part, retirement, that seems to get busier. Um, (laughs) um, Maybe, I don't know whether there's something to learn there or a warning, perhaps. Um, Let's imagine you're at the uh, water butt at work, having a conversation with your colleague or wherever you may work or over the garden fence or in your home. And someone says, what in a nutshell? Is it all about? Just tell me in a word or two what this Christian stuff is about. In one word, perhaps it, I'll allow you two. What would you say? Someone said, just in a nutshell, what's it about? It's a real question. Grace. S- Simon offers us grace. Thank you. Love. the power of Jesus, I think that's four words, Joss, uh, <laughs> okay, one or two more, forgiveness, forgiveness. Hmm? hope, mercy. mercy, are those, I'm, I, I think that's, uh, there's no perfectly right answer to this, There are a few answers that might be wrong, um, (laughs) but there are many, many right answers to this. It's it's an interesting question, I think. Where would you start if someone said, come on, Kerry, tell me, what's it really about? What's the first thing, what would you say to me? Or Tom, or whoever? And it's interesting, maybe those are the things we'd start with, hope or forgiveness. There are many, many, many windows into the gospel message and how it may be shared. And it's no bad thing, I think, to think where might we start uh, rather than flapping around and missing the moment. What matters for you? What counts for you? What's the word that you'd really want to get across? In preparing for this sermon this morning, it struck me how uh, repeatedly through the Bible, Old Testament New Testament the concept of invitation is present. So for this morning, the one word I I want to sort of offer as a starting point, uh, a window into what the gospel is all about, is the word invitation. Can you, just off the top of your head, think of a Bible verse, a reference, a phrase that captures that sense of invitation? Come at... and I will give you rest, yes. The invitation of Jesus, come unto me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Any other sort of invitation verses? Hmm? Knock and the door, and the door will be open to you. Ah, seek and you will find. Right yeah I was missing the King James version in the morning do you remember, this morning. do you remember how that starts? Oh. ho <laughs> not hi, but ho everyone who thirsts death um i I missed that in the morning this morning Ian. i you might have just added that to the the text <laughs> no, it was Car- Caroline who was reading that, wasn't it yes. Jesus' words uh, that he would never leave us, exactly. I've just added a few more here that are really about the idea of invitation. The call of the disciples in the New Testament is a very, very important part of the narrative, isn't it? Jesus inviting these, these men to come and be with him. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. I, when I am lifted up, will draw all people to myself and then all the banquet stories about invitations. And uh, so, I think it's quite a a useful discipline, I think. You know, when we have that moment, someone says, well, what's this stuff about for you? Where would you start? What would you talk about? And this morning, uh, our word, as it were, is the word invitation. The communion service begins with invitation. Draw near, come close. This is for you, the body of Christ broken for you. Our Old Testament passage, I think it's quite important to realize that it's not immediately evident, but it is in fact closely related to our New Testament passage. And it is uh, the themes that just lie a little bit under the surface in Isaiah 55, are the same themes that Jesus picks up. The idea that perhaps the very best image of what God plans for his creation and for the human race. Perhaps the very best image we could find is the image of a great banquet, a great feast, to which everyone is invited. And that uh, we find in the Old Testament. And throughout the Bible, the the sense that the coming home to God, the destination of our our lives and uh, and of our persons coming home to God is best captured by the description of a great meal, a great feast. One of the passages in the Old Testament I I love very deeply and it's a mysterious passage and I really don't quite know what to make of it, but it talks about uh, the time when Israel is at Sinai and the giving of the law and so on. And it talks about Moses and the 70 elders of Israel going up into the mountain and they ate and drank and saw God. And it's a mysterious and wonderful concept that I've allowed my, Mind to go around often, but that eating and drinking and seeing God, uh, that's a profoundly biblical uh, correlation of bringing together the concept of feasting, eating, and, and being in the presence of God. And uh, so we'll come into the text a little more precisely in just a moment, but I just wanted to just highlight that and the sense of invitation and invitation being described in feasting terms um, is is very crucial in the Bible. Uh, Chapter 55 here in Isaiah is really, it concludes those uh, uh, servant songs that we've been looking at over the weeks, concludes that section. Isaiah moves on in a slightly different direction after that. And it really is a spelling out of the invitation that came a little bit earlier. These words, Isaiah 45:22. This, in a way, is the sort of high point of these chapters and, and the, the great appeal of God. Not just to his people, but to the whole created order. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. There's one verse that... Uh, there, there, may, there would be others, but if there is a verse which does capture the whole thrust of the Bible and the whole thrust of the, the, the biblical message, old and new, it's this that the living God, the God who is the source of everything and the foundation of everything, at his heart is this appeal, at his heart is this invitation. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Let's just look a little bit at the text of Isaiah 55. I encourage you to have your Bibles open if you, if you would like. Um, I haven't got the page number in mind, but uh, Isaiah 55. I'd just like to look at. Uh, the first few sections of this just a little more closely first of all the first two verses come all you who are thirsty come to the waters and you who have no money come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without cost why spend money on what is not bread and on and labor on what does not satisfy come, 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 the biblical invitation, the gospel invitation that the living God invites humankind to come close, to come home, to come back to him. And that is a place that can best be described as a feast, and it's a place that can best be described as a place of satisfaction, the place where the longings of the human heart, the longings of our lives, or the the dissatisfaction that drives us is at last answered it's an invitation to a feast it's an invitation to a covenant feast as we will see a little later in the passage it's a a feast to become a it's an invitation to become a people to be bound by promise and covenant to the living god and in that place to find home satisfaction This is where the parallels with Jesus' great parable stand out. That's an invitation to come home to God. Jesus' parable has terrible warnings in it because it's centrally about people who refuse the invitation. There is no other way to find satisfaction than in this journey back to the God who invites us to come. The freeness, the, free, the freeness of this feast, that it is without price, does not mean it is not costly. And in our journey we've read Isaiah 53 which speaks about the price of forgiveness and the price of being brought home, the price of the healing of our diseases and our sicknesses and our failures and sins. So it is not without cost, but it is free. those of us who are invited come draw near taste the water eat the food come close second section of the the chapter just to touch on if we move on from verse 3 to verse 5 talks about the nature of this covenant and it brings out into the foreground here two strands in Israel's history, the the covenant to David and the promise to Abraham. Abraham is not mentioned by name, but as soon as in the Old Testament, the, the, the text begins to move towards God's love and care for all peoples, we are back in the territory of the promise to Abraham that God forms a family for Abraham to bless them, but so that they may be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. And in these few verses here, the covenant feast to which we are invited continues the fulfillment of the promise to David that there will always be a king carrying his line forward in the line of David, someone who carries forward God's kingly, kingly rule in the world. And that this is for the blessing of the nations. These verses, uh, we need to just sort of grasp what's happening in these verses here, that the banquet to which we are called is a covenant banquet in which God's promise to all humankind and to all the nations is fulfilled. See, I have made, um, let me try and pick out a few phrases. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. It's David's covenant being renewed. Surely you will summon nations you know, know not, and nations that you do not know will hasten to you because of the Lord your God. So let's just pause for a moment here. What we are just seeing in this passage is the key nature, the core nature in Scripture of God's invitation. What from God's side, if you like, is His mission of love into the world, from our side is received as an invitation something that we need to receive, we need to respond to. It's an invitation to come home. It's an invitation to the banquet. It's an invitation to come to the place where our humanity is fulfilled and the longings of our heart are fulfilled. And this is part of that covenant story in the Old Testament, beginning in Abraham, uh, that this is the way in which God will reach and bless the nations and carried forward in the promise to David in whom God's kingly rule is expressed. Thirdly, if we look at from verse six and to eleven on as verse six to eleven, we are given clues as to how we actually respond. How do we actually receive this invitation, and how do we actually move ahead to make it, make it ours? Seek the Lord while He may be found. call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and He will have mercy and to our God, for He will freely pardon. The invitation requires a a turning round of our whole lives. Repent and believe the gospel, was the word of Jesus. Turning, it's about a moral change in our hearts. It's about a, a willingness to go God's way rather than our own. It's about that profound 180 degrees turning away from our own purpose and our own direction in life to begin to turn towards the living God. A, an encounter which is full of most extraordinary new beginnings. For God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. You're coming into a whole new way of living and thinking. You are coming into a whole new encounter with a God who is way beyond anything you can conceive. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, declares the, the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Invitation and response. The mission of God into the world for all the human race. An invitation to come home to the place that is really satisfying. And a response that involves the complete reorientation of our lives towards the living God whose thoughts are higher than our thoughts, whose ways are higher than our ways. We could go further into the remaining sections of this chapter, but I think that will do for, for now. Um, I think you can see now how the, there are amazing parallels, quite exact parallels between the themes of this passage and the themes of Jesus' parable. And the themes of Jesus' parable are both wonderful and exciting in the promise of being involved in God's full fulfillment for for his, for his people and for the human race, but they, they go with this sharp-edged warning that we can miss it, that actually such an invitation can be declined, can be refused. The final sections of that talk about the owner of the, the, of the village, the, the landlord, being determined that his house will be full. His party will be overwhelmed with people. It will be full. And everyone is brought in from the byways and from the country lanes, speaking of the nations of the world, speaking of the inclusive invitation of God. Extraordinary stuff. Uh, we may, each of us, have our window into how we speak about the gospel when someone asks us um, The window of invitation is not a bad place to have in our hearts as a place to begin.